previously on Unpacked. And then she went to visit the doctor only to find out that she's pregnant. Deep down, I was not happy. I didn't want to make a baby out of wedlock. The child doesn't have any of, our, of my features. Went to court to try and uh, contest for shared parenting. I never wanted to be that father that uh, only pays maintenance and that's it. After raising his child for over four years, Sileke Ramakoko discovered that the child was not his. This is part two of his story, Let's Unpack. So you decided to stop sending maintenance uh, to send uh, money. So what was the next thing that happened? Um, my decision not to send money I thought the shared parenting um, process would be quicker. Mm. And because they had called me in and they said they will summon the mother to come also, I think I went there twice and the mother was in there. And when they called her, she told them that uh, she doesn't have money to come this side. So for me not to send money, I thought the, proce the court process would be quicker mm. and I'll be able to um, have access to my son mm. because, again, uh, uh, all this time I've been, uh, uh, an, I've been active in his life. I've mm. done more than just sending money. Mm. I was a, an active parent. I, mm. I was taking care of him. So when that was cut, I didn't know how to react now because mm. now I don't have to, access to the child. I'm not even, I don't even know if whatever that I send, if it will be given to the child or I cannot do anything. So that's what uh, really influenced it. And uh, while I was trying to figure that out, I got a call that she decided to take me to maintenance court. Mm. And uh, when I got a call, I, 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 the guy said, you know what, we sent you a summon to appear mm. at, uh, at the court and you didn't pitch up. And by then I had moved to where I was, from where I was staying to a new place. So I told them that, no, we can arrange for a different time. Because you didn't get the summons. I didn't get the summons. So we can arrange uh, to a different time. I will travel to uh, uh however, on one condition, mm. that I be given uh, uh, a, a chance to do paternity tests. Mm. Uh, because now the fact that a person can decide to block me as the father Mm. I felt like she's capable of, of doing anything. Mm. So in that time where I was still fighting to get hold of the child, it made me realize that all uh, what my mother was telling me all along is something now that I'm faced with that I need to do for, my, for myself mm. to really find peace. Mm. So uh, when I told the court that uh, now I, will, uh, I would like to do paternity testing as a prerequisite, they agreed and we set up a date. Mm. And then I drove to Stacksbrate. The court gave us a letter and we drove to Pathcare offices in Alwal North. Mm. Uh, I drove with her and the boy. And how, what was that interaction like in the car? Because uh, you guys were not on good terms. We're not on good terms and the boy didn't know what to do. And He was how old now? He was... Uh, four, no, he, he was... 
Yeah, no, it was already, uh, no, he was going to turn, he was already four, four years old. Yes, mm, it was mm. four years old. And in the car. And you hadn't seen him in how long? I had not seen him in uh, about three, three months. Mm, okay. And what I did not appreciate was the fact that um, when interacting with the boy, I could, I could sense that they talk stuff while he's there, mm. because he could, the way he was behaving, mm. you know, he wanted to be happy to see me, but he, he didn't know how to, you know, um, how to interact with me. Mm. And I, I was not happy with that, but we all drove to, to path care offices. And then when we got there, the boy warmed up because I'm the only father he knows. And, mm. and the boy warmed up and we were able to do, um, in, in, all this time when we were driving there, I was interacting with the boy, you know, chatting, and it was nice. And then when we got there, they did tests, took blood from the three of us, and then we went to buy food, and I went to drop them in, in steak spray, and then I went back to Johannesburg. What, what conversation were you and her having, or was it just small talk? It was just small talk. Mm. She didn't allow, um, I don't want to say she didn't allow, but it was awkward because now I was picking up things that now I could see that things are discussed in front of the child because the child now doesn't know how to to react and um, but it was just small talk until I dropped them off mm. and I went back to Johannesburg and they had told me that uh, it would take 20 something days to get the results mm. the results still have to be taken to the court in in stack spread mm. I couldn't wait that long so I called Pathcare. Pathcare referred me to Unistel, uh, who does testing for Pathcare. And they asked, I called them. They said, no, uh, you will have to wait, wait 10 working days. I waited 10 working days, called them again. They said, please send us a signed copy of your ID and your um, uh, a signed copy of your ID. I sent it. They sent me the results mm -hmm. via email. When what I, did the results say? When I got the results, um, I read the, the, that important part at the bottom where it says that in uh, more, than, more than two, uh, it says the in, uh, incompatibility was observed where I am excluded. Uh, and then it didn't make sense. I called the, the lady again to say, please help me make sense of these results. And then she interpreted them to me to say that their DNA matches and you don't match with either of them. Mm. And there's a 99.9% that you don't match with them. Mm. I broke down immediately. I broke down and didn't know what to do. I called my mother. And in my head, it was like, my mother warned me. My mother has been insisting. And what, what was the last push for me is when my mother told me that if you delay this thing, I'm gonna go to my grave. And I, w I will go there without ever uh, resolving this thing. Mm. And that was the last push for me. And when uh, she's the first person I thought about, I called her and told her the news. She was angry. Mm. And she immediately called the grandmother and they exchanged. The other grandmother. The other grandmother. They, it, it, it was heated. And then um, I, I still couldn't access the mother. What, when you say it was heated, 
do you have any idea what some of the things that were said were? Um, my mother sent me the voice notes. I think I listened a bit, but it was bad because now the grandmother was protecting the mother, but all this time she was the one who was more uh, in the middle trying to help me and help her at the same time. But I understand that because at the end of the day, it's her child and everyone will go to that extent to protect their child. Mm. And Was she shocked when your mother confronted her to say, this child is not even my, my son's child? Was she surprised or did it seem like she knew all along? It's, I think it seemed like she knew because now if she was shocked, she would have understood that my mom has a right to be angry. Mm. And she should have been the one who is a bigger person to calm her down, to mm. say, you know what, let's resolve this mm. in an amicable way. I also didn't know, and I also understand where you are coming from. Mm. But she, instead of doing that, she was attacking. And I listened to it a bit, and I felt like now, I didn't want to be angry, more angry, uh, because I, I had mixed emotions. And I, I just didn't want to entertain any negativity. In my head, I was like, this boy, uh, how is he? And uh, what's going to happen going forward? And now, um, if, I, if, if she, the mother has given me this grief uh, while I thought I was the father, what's, what more is going to happen now that I know that I'm not the father? Mm. Um, and then um, I couldn't work. And then my uh, manager suggested that through a program at work called Careways that I need to find a, a counselor whom I can open up to and sit down with. Uh, so in this time, you, she still blocked you. You couldn't talk to the mother. Yes. So you still didn't have access to her because the only way you saw her is through the court intervening and ordering a paternity test. And that was the last time you saw her. Yes. You never got hold of her at all. I never got hold of her until a few days after where I think she had heard the news uh, through her own mother because now I'm the one who requested Unistel to send the results yeah. to me. So that's when I could see that she, she unblocked me. Mm. And by then I decided to, um, I went for counseling mm. and for the first time in my life, um, I, I went for counseling and through that process, it really helped to put things in perspective where um, I got to realize that I have childhood, uh, my childhood traumas also influenced how I behave. Mm. And for the fact that uh, my mother uh, broke up with my father while I was still young and my mother uh, going through abuse while I was still there and my father also remarrying and having kids. Uh, my, my father had a child that I only met in 2010 yeah. and uh, I knew I had a sister somewhere but I only saw her in 2010. So I wanted, to, I wanted to, the, the social worker highlighted that it's like I'm trying to leave my father's mistakes. I'm trying to correct them. And there's this pressure of me being, doing things right and not, um, you know, and pleasing everyone other than myself. And, and she, she uncovered one part where she asked me, um, can you give me three things you can change about yourself? I was quick to answer. 
because uh, there are a lot of things that I want to change about myself. But when she, as soon as she said, give me five things that you can, that you love about yourself. Don't tell me that you take care of your mother, your brother and everyone else or the, the child. Five things that you love about yourself. It took me the entire week. I couldn't even come with one. And I think that that speaks a lot to where you were emotionally, psychologically. Yeah. But now the big thing that's happened in your life that triggered you going to therapy is the fact that you've discovered that there is scientific proof that your child is not your child. Yes. You're not able to get hold of the, the mother because you want to confront her. Yes. So what eventually happened? When she eventually unblocked you, you contacted her and what happened? Um, I asked her if uh, she got the results. She said no. I emailed her the results. And then I followed it up with a call to say, did you get the results? She said, yes. Um, can we talk about it? She said, you know, I'm not willing to talk about it on the phone. Um, we can make uh, time and, and meet somewhere. Or you can come over to Stack Sprite uh, for us to decide, to discuss this mm. thing in person. That's mm. when we can talk about it. And it didn't sit well with me because the first thing she said is that send me the, uh, uh, an affidavit so that I can change uh, uh, the child's name. And for me, it was not very important. I was just concerned more about how do we deal with this. For her to just say, send me the affidavit, and then that was it. What, what must the affidavit say? The affidavit say that I have, uh, it must say that I've discovered that I'm no longer the father. And since the boy is using my surname, then now she wants to change it to her own surname. And remove you from the birth certificate. And, and remove me from the birth certificate because I'm no longer the father. Did you do the affidavit? I did the affidavit because also I felt like looking at it from the child's side, it made sense why the child was sickly when growing up. Now the child has a surname which is not his. And you know, culturally and all, uh, I felt like it's, it will be a good thing to change the boy's surname mm. and change it to the mother's surname. However, even after that, I, I felt like I still, I, I, I share a bond with this boy. I was there from the beginning. I did everything for him. And somehow I felt like I wanted to sit down and understand where she's coming from mm. so that it can influence how I move forward as I was still willing to play an active role in the child's life mm. uh, either way. Because I was not angry at her that much, I was looking at it from the boy's point that mm -hmm. now we have a child who didn't ask to be here. Mm -hmm. And now equally, he's uh, you suffering. You are the only father he knows. I'm the only father he knows and I cannot just stop. I couldn't. So, and when she told me that she can't discuss it over the phone, I tried to, to say, no, can I come uh, on this date? No, um, the child is attending school. Uh, I will let you know when you should come. Mm. And, it's, and when, when was this? This was about, it's been seven months now, mm. uh, referring back mm. to when we got the results and we have never sat down and talked about it. So what does she say each time you try to make an appointment? Uh, the last time she was telling me that the boy is attending school somewhere, uh, only to realize later, I think in last year in October, on the child's birthday, 
uh, when I called the, I asked that, uh, can I call the boy and wish him a happy birthday? And she told me that, no, the boy is staying with my sister in Virginia. And I'm like, can just give me the numbers, then I'll call them. Mm. And when I called, uh, the boy was talking to me as if he's talking to a stranger. Mm. And this is just two, three months, I think, after we got the results. And then, because we, we did paternity testing in June, July, yeah, in October, mm. Boy was already treating me like a stranger. I'm like, boy, happy birthday. Hey, mm. uh, I, uh, I'm going to come and see you. I'll buy you something. Mm. Okay. And after, to, after I dropped the call, it broke me to mm. say, uh, this, he was calling me Baba for four and a half years. How is it that it can take a couple of months, then now everything changes, mm. and now the boy doesn't see me the same? And then that made me realize that they have said stuff to him mm. and they decided that he must move on without me. Mm. And it broke me to a point that I even called my counsel. I was like, you know what? I, I wanted to find closure, talk to the mother, understand where she's coming from. Also play an active role and guide the boy uh, one step at a time so that, uh, you know, he can understand that I'm not going anywhere. I'm still mm. going to be here. Yes, I may not be your, uh, his biological father, but me caring about him and mm. me being the only father he knows, I still want to remain active. So up until this point, there was no part of you in your mind that said, I'm done. I'm not going to call. This is not my child anyways. I'm not getting involved. You were always of the belief that I have a bond with this, with this child. As far as I'm concerned, I'm the only father he's ever known. Yes, I, I never had, even though, you know, um, by then uh, the, I had a girlfriend, the girlfriend that I introduced to my mother. Yes. You know, she felt like, you know what, uh, uh, at last something is off your shoulder, you must move on. I'm like, yeah. you don't understand how I feel. I'm going to deal with this thing how I want. My mother is supposed my mother doesn't agree uh, at some point with how I want to deal with this thing but she's just there to support me. I'm just I just expect you to support me. As to not dictate how I must deal with this thing because I bonded with this child and all this time I couldn't just say I'm not going to be involved. Mm. I still wanted to reach out and be able to somehow play a role in his life. What did your mom advise you to do? My mom just advised me to uh, find a way to move on because she could see that me trying to uh, reason with them and, and me wanting to drive there to find my own closure is causing me deep pain. And she wanted me to just find a way to move on and heal on my own. And I thought, no, uh, me going there and sitting down with her, I would understand her perspective and we'll be able to work, work something out uh, in uh, making sure that the boy is not impacted mm. and we'll work out something. I had that, that hope. So since that time back then when you had decided not to pay maintenance, obviously the results went to the court. Did the court ever come back and say you don't have to do anything because the child is not yours? Yes, the, the, the court came back and then they said that um, um, I can, uh, they have their results. And I told them that now 
since the results, um, there's nothing I can do. However, I still have a court case this side for shared parenting that mm. I needed to take the, the results as well as the affidavit to um, tell them that now things have changed and I'm no longer the father. And, and did you end up taking the paperwork to them? Yes, yes, I took it to the court, the site, mm. uh, because they were still in, uh, investigating. So I gave them the papers to say that things have changed and she's going to change the, son, the boy's uh, mm. surname. And then, yeah. In terms of the family courts, do you know if you have a case to pursue a relationship, even though you're not biologically connected, the law does state that when it comes to children, they will act in the best interests of the child. And if the child knew you as the father, um, access might be in the child's best interest. Do you know if you have a case and would you pursue it? I don't know if I, had, if I have a chance because now I was looking at it from a point that the mother is, is the one who's responsible for the child. And if she decides, or the family, if they decide they are not going to let me play a role, then who am I to fight it? Mm -hmm. And I also looked at it from a point that uh, I was struggling to, 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 I was struggling with them while I was still the father. And now what more will happen now that I'm no longer the biological mm -hmm. father? So, and I could see that also is going to cause pain trying to follow up on this thing when they are not willing and when they have decided whatever they decided. Mm. So that's where I stopped with it. Mm. Um, so seven months have gone by. Are you still trying to contact her to make a meeting? I stopped contacting her when I realized that she's not willing. Mm. Um, I, uh, earlier on, I was trying to contact her, reminding her, you said you will get back to me when? She'll mm. be like, no, I'll, either when I come that side. or mm. And then I, I realized that um, they have moved on. So um, I, I may as well just mm. try and move on also. If she's watching, what would you say to her right now? If she's watching, I would, I, I, I would want to understand her side of the story. Um, I would want, because uh, if, if uh, from where I am now, I feel like, I have mixed feelings. Sometimes I feel like she knew. And then I feel like it was just a matter of knowing who can take care of the, ba the baby better or what. But I, I cannot uh, say that I understand her side without her coming back to me and saying something. And not that she owes me an apology or anything, and I wouldn't even question whatever she tells me. Mm. I just want to sit down and hear what she has to say. That's the only thing that I, I, I want. And also, uh, the bond that I share with the boy, I just want to know what's going to happen with the child going forward. Mm. Are they going to, have they already involved the, the, the biological father? Is he willing to take care of this boy uh, and is he going to take, uh, take it from where I left off? You know, it, I feel like if I can know that part, then somehow I can close it uh, 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 better in a way. Mm -hmm. Many people watching would think, how can you say she doesn't owe you an apology if she knew all along that you were not the father? And it is a big deal if somebody puts a person in that position of raising a child that is not their own. So if you find out that actually she knew all along 
Do you think she owes you an apology? Um, yeah, I think she does. Mm. Uh, honestly, I think she owes me an apology. And, uh, uh, and honestly, even through what had happened, uh, she saw that I was, I was genuine about it. I had doubts. And I didn't let the doubts get the better of me. I took care of that boy like nothing. Even when I had doubts, I, I didn't allow them. And she knows deep down that I did whatever that was needed mm. for that child. I'm and so sorry. It, it pains me. It pains me because now looking at simple things like noodles, they trigger me because he used to love noodles. And looking at his, um, the chair, uh, the car seat, you know, she, he used to uh, um, fall asleep. We would travel as far as Valcom, the two of us, stop at the garage and I would feed him. Um, with me turning 40 this year, um, you know, I, it, it pains me to say that uh, at the back of my mind, I feel like I have a firstborn who's there and... I still want to have a family. I still want to have a family of my own. I still want to have kids, and I still believe that it's possible. Um, and uh, th through that, um, I feel like and it's hard for me to let go. It's just hard for me to let go. There are some parts where I feel like if she can engage me, at least if I can just know. Mm. And then, but I have hope in, 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 in the future. And uh, counseling really helped. It gave me hope. And um, I would, I, I feel like I still have a chance to do things right because I had a, with her, I had a, we had a baby out of wedlock. I still want to do it right now mm. and get married, settle down and have a child. Do, do you still think of him as your son? Is that how you still feel about him, that he's your son? Honestly, that's how I still feel about him as my son. Mm -hmm. um, um, I did, uh, how I got to, how you reached out to me is I was uh, responding to a tweet and on that tweet, I kept on referring to him as my son. Mm -hmm. And the people didn't understand why call him as your son when you are not biologically the father. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, you don't understand. It's the connection I share with him. Mm -hmm. It allows me to still see him as my son. And I mean, it doesn't mean, you know, Let's say you don't get any contact with him at all. He might reach a point when he's older because you've put videos and pictures of him on social media where he looks for you. Um, I do think that opportunity may still be available, but who knows, maybe the, the mother will decide that um, she's ready to talk to you and you can rekindle a relationship with the boy that you raised as your son. I am so, so sorry for what you've been through. I know that... Social media and conversation will be up in arms about the fact that there is a woman who deceived a man into believing a child is his and leaving him to raise him. Um, some might even come back and say, sue her for all of the maintenance and the financial support that you've given from pregnancy up until now, which maybe you might even have a case to do. But I think the biggest part is not even the finances, yes. is what you're going through emotionally, which... Is, is loss, you're going through grief, and I'm so sorry you're going through that. What are the final words you'd like to share with the viewers? The final words would be to um, mainly the, 
the guys, you know, this is a topic, it's a sensitive topic where, especially as men, we don't know how to open up uh, about and we don't even know where to go. Um, so I saw that after I tweeted and the responses, I would recommend that, you know, speak to someone, um, uh, ask for help, you know, if, if it's counseling, go and find out because it might help you uncover past traumas that you yourself need mm. to deal with as a person and they will make you a better person. And I think by dealing with those past traumas, we can be able to keep things like uh, gender-based uh, violence because now we are full of anger, which has been caused by things that we experienced while growing up. So for me, I would recommend to the guys to say, let's be open, uh, seek help, um, you know, and let's uh, reach out because at the end of the day, these kids never ask to be here. Mm. It's our responsibility to take care of them and guide them mm. into them not being like us while we, we, have, um, we are trying not to be like our own fathers as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming and sharing your story. Thank you. While it is a reality that there are men out there who are raising children that are not their own and later find out, I would like to say to all of you, your feelings, your emotional turmoil is not at all invalidated. It is completely valid because if you believe somebody to be your daughter or your son and suddenly that reality is taken away from you, while society might tell you, just let go and move on, it's not your burden to carry anymore. The reality is you love somebody and now you discover you're no longer biologically connected. I hope you have the capacity to fight for that child if you believe that you still want them in your life. As taboo as it may seem, as taboo as it may sound, use the courts Go for therapy, seek counseling, and deal with it. It is a pity that these situations happen because they are highly sensitive and completely unfair. And I hope that many of you don't find yourselves in these situations. But thank you so much for tuning into the show. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked. We sit there. Obviously, it's a, it's a party. This guy shows up. She just told us to get down on the floor. Next thing he says, I must take off my clothes. I took off my shorts, I took off my underwear, and she just did whatever he wanted to do. It was just for the whole night. You're not going to leave until you actually love, start loving me. for watching Unpacked with Rileb Khilemamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.